Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today we have a repeat guest, Susan DeLorenzo. You may remember if you are a listener of the, of the podcast, she was on episode 101 and she talks about how she overcame adversity. Um, she had breast cancer and then her husband, after she finally got through a little bit with breast cancer, she ended up, her marriage fell apart and she just thought the end of the world and it was all about overcoming adversity. Well, she has turned that and flipped her story and now she's talking about how we can get past the judgment, how we judge ourselves, especially as women, because this is still the Women um, Empowerment Series. Um, I hope you're really enjoying this series and I'm so glad that Susan agreed to come back on. So, you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to the blog, Chats in the Blog Cabin. Um, it's Women's History Month, Women Empowerment Month. So before we start with my repeat guest, Susan, I want to share a quote. And this quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's actually hanging up on my wall right above my computer. And it says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And Susan, I think that's pretty much goes with what we're going to talk about today with the self-esteem issues and women and everything else. So Susan, thank you for coming back on again and introduce yourself for those that do not know who you are or first time seeing you on here. Thank you. Melissa, it's great to be back with you. I love your show. I love Eleanor Roosevelt. She's so awesome. <laughs> and yes, Susan DiLorenzo, I am a life coach. My business is called Life Design Coaching with Susan DiLorenzo. And I am an upcoming author of the book called Pulling the Gems from Adversity. And my clients center around that idea of pulling the gems from adversity. I coach clients who are coming out of life-altering adversities to build on a new platform, learning from what's happened and not staying in their story. So that is my pet project. Those are my pet people. <laughs> so you had your own adversity. You overcame breast cancer and we talked about it in the last show but you want to share a little bit of your journey on this one yeah it really was what got the ball rolling so that's a great place to start i am a survivor of invasive breast cancer and my marriage fell apart within a few months after treatment ended so i call that the one-two punch that knocked me into a whole new uh, life and it had to be done with my awareness not just that life knocked me into a new place yes it did but it could have been a really crummy place if I had chosen to stay there so it's what we're talking about today is using conscious awareness to build ourselves into a better place I know because most women do struggle with self-esteem issues they struggle with judgment from other women they just don't feel very confident in themselves so what can they do you know what I call that, Melissa? Not good enough syndrome. 
-hmm. you know, and we use everything outside of ourselves to inform ourselves whether we're quote unquote good enough. And comparison is one of uh, the worst tools we use to beat ourselves over the head with. And it was another Roosevelt, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who said that comparison is the thief of joy. And boy, <laughs> and we, we, we've all experienced that. One of the um, key things I like to focus on is successes. I actually did a video about this this week. One of the best ways we can build ourselves up is make a list of successes we've had in our lives. If you've gone to a certain place, um, you, you didn't get there without learning a few things and doing a few things. And no matter how small, write them down. If you were just kind to the checkout lady, that's a success, okay? It's about being um, a person of increase, being a person expansive in whatever life gives you as an opportunity. And then when you look at that list, it makes you feel expansive. You, you're not a nobody. You are in the world and you're doing it and you got to give yourself credit for it. You can't wait for outside forces to give yourself credit for something you're doing. You've got to be your own best cheerleader and it just starts with love. It's not even the cheering so much as the appreciation of your spirit. We look at ourselves as human, right? We're conditioned to look at the human side of us all the time. We have all these markers, all these hoops to jump through. But when you think of yourself as this spirit in a living, breathing body that's come here to do amazing things, just to experience living on the earth, and then seeing where you fit in on this without necessarily being informed by your conditioning, all the things people tell you and the institutions you've gone through, whether mm -hmm. it's school or any other community, that's where you're going to start to really live is when you let your true self shine for all to see and feel. And that's got to com come from your own authority. You've got to give yourself permission for that. You can't look for permission outside of yourself. And that's where it comes into building a positive posse, I call it. Instead of people to compare yourself to, you've got people who inspire you, who you inspire, and we build each other up. There is a community of women like that. I have them in my life and I bet you have them in yours too, Melissa. Yes, I do. And actually a part of this podcast um, and part of the show for women's empowerment month is having someone on every single solitary day that kind of inspire me that are doing great things like you, Susan. I mean, when you, you came on the last time I was like, you have to come back on because your story inspired me because there is someone you could have easily have taken your story in another direction and became very yeah. bitter but you didn't, you ever came it. And that was a choice, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't, it didn't happen because I was handed a big bouquet of roses after getting hit with that stuff. It's because I said, wow, look at my life right now. It's an absolute shambles. And then I saw the opportunity to rebuild it on a different level. And it took the realization that I thought so little of myself before that cancer journey that I really didn't think I mattered. I even married a mate because I thought nobody else wanted me. This was the best I could do. I, I, I can't even believe I'm admitting that, but that was, it wasn't something I did consciously, right? That was a thought that was winding around in the back of my subconscious saying, this, look, this is your only chance. If you want to get married and have a 
any family, you're going to have to take this. You know, this is the best you can do, Susan. And that's an awful thing. And that's a terrible thing to do mm -hmm. to the mate, right? You know, I, I look at that and I think, wow, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of this is the best I can do. That's not a cool way to be. Yeah. But it changed my life. And and I I can't thank, can't, I was going to write a book called Thank You Cancer because that was the biggest um, moment for me was realizing if I hadn't have gone through that, it wouldn't have woken me up. Nothing, I had plenty of little voices in my head saying, well, he's not treating you very well, or wow, you're, you know, you're always last in line, you never do that. Um, I had plenty of opportunities to change my life before cancer, but I didn't do it until I got the stuffing knocked out of me. Mm. Wow, I mean, I actually can see where you're coming from because I actually wrote a blog post not too long ago, one of my, favorite bloggers actually is talking about cancer as a blessing and it kind of just stuck me. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what it is because I appreciate the time that I had with my dad and my sister now more so than anything else. I mean, because I lost both of those to both of them to cancer. So I so can see what you're talking about looking for the positive, even in something as huge as cancer. I mean, really, you never feel more alive than when you know you may be losing your life. And that's that idea of we don't really think about, you know, there is a, we know our birth date, right? We mm -hmm. all tell each other our birthdays, but there's another date waiting for us that we don't know. And nobody likes to think about it. We love, you know, as a soul, yes, we are eternal. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. But this body, we're going to lay it down like taking a car and getting a new car one day. Maybe if you believe in reincarnation, you get a new car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but right now, this is who we are. This is the limited time gig. And so there's something about that that makes it feel so urgent to get it right in any time we have left and how precious it is. There's something that happened during the time I was going through cancer where I had my mortality just right in my face. A dear family friend dropped dead, literally laughing himself to death. Wow. He had a congenital heart disease, had no idea that any of this was coming his way at age 30. And I thought, wow, here I am being presented with a real do-over, and some people are just taken out. So that's where the blessing is when you're faced with something like this, where you're not taken off the planet right away. You get a chance to really evaluate your life. And, and really, in any moment we have left is the opportunity. Yeah, so for those that aren't facing life, altering life-changing situations, how can you change that? How can you change that mindset? Because there are still women out there that the comparison, they're comparing each other. They're going, well, their Instagram's not as good because they only see what's on Instagram worthy, not what's in real life. Yeah. You know, they're, they're so down on themselves that, you know, they don't see the beauty inside themselves. And that's where we have to look at our core values because is it really important about Instagram or social media? It's a fun place to be. You get great inspiration, great ideas, but when you say, what's really important to me, my impact on my kids, right? That's one of my family. That's really important. You know what else is important? Having fun. I think make a list of what's really important to you. How are you measuring up on that list? Because mm -hmm. that's a great list to compare yourself to. How am I living into what I say is really important to me and not what I'm being? It's almost like trying to get an A in school with all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? And, and to pull ourselves away from that and see... 
I want to call it almost like drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, that phrase yeah. where you're just signing on, but you don't know why, because it seems like it's fun. Hey, it is fun when people love you on social media, but it is, so, you know, you can really same idea of beating yourself over the head with the comparison and and uh, making that our marker. Because there's one way we compare where we beat ourselves over the head. The other one is, oh, thank God I don't have it as bad as that person. Mm -hmm. Or at least I, I, I look better than that person, you know. And you console yourself with that stuff. But they're both really wonky, aren't they? They're not sincere right. to what you'd put on a list of real values for yourself. And um, those are great things to discuss with um, dear friends, because then again, you're going to build yourself up like you and I talking about what's really important to us. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy. You don't mm -hmm. get that nervous, jittery feeling around, you know, not good enough syndrome. <laughs> so um, that I encourage a lot because that's about getting real, isn't it? That is real. Not um, these other things, while they're, you can have quote unquote real things in social media, it can be also superficial. And um, markers that are fun to achieve, like an awesome dinner, a great party, whatever, a, a, an awesome looking dog. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, when you lay your head on that pillow, how well did you live it for yourself? not for somebody else and not for measuring up. I used to be so hard on myself uh, when I was younger thinking I wasn't thin enough all the time. I was uh, somebody who used to binge. I uh, was put on diets from age 12 on. So I always saw myself as fat. And when I was um, about late 20s, I saw a picture of myself when I was like 14 or 15. And I started to cry because the girl in the picture wasn't fat. But the look in her eyes was like huge embarrassment, like, please don't take my picture, I'm fat, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt such compassion for that person and wanted to go back and give her a hug. And um, it took me years still from there to get rid of the binging, but I saw what the problem was, that it's, mm -hmm. it was my way of thinking about myself more than what it was actually being said about myself, even in my own eyes. It's so funny that you were talking about looking at the, your picture when you were younger, because I'm actually going to do a series about what my younger self, what my now self could tell my younger self so that maybe it could help somebody else. Wonderful idea. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's just it. We get the wisdom. We, we didn't come this far with the same amount of information, which is why when you you go back to some kind of a high school reunion or something, you really don't know these people anymore. We've all grown and changed. We have funny stories we can share with each other about our youth, but we change, we grow. And isn't that wonderful? Yay. That's yeah, so true. And then going back to what you said about having the positive posse, you also want to make sure that they're, you're not afraid to, when you're sharing your truths and stuff that if it's, they see you going down the wrong path, that they can say, and not blow smoke up their your butt and say, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Instead, they're going to say, no, let's rethink this. Let's let's rethink about what you're doing instead of someone that's always saying yes to you all the time. Oh, no service done there. And you can feel that doesn't feel very authentic, does it? That's not really the friend you want. That, that sounds like the kind of people that you may just go out with, but you can't have those real conversations with. And I can't remember if I shared this on your last show or not, but there was this awesome plaque in my house growing up that said, a friend is someone who knows your song and sings it to you when you forget it. 
So whether you're feeling low and they say, here's who you really are, you're forgetting this right now, or you're going off track and they're saying, hey, I know you, that's not you, you're going to regret that. You don't need to go down that road. That's not who you really are. I know you. And um, they can keep you on the straight and narrow either way. And um, it's a gift we give each other. Yeah, that is so true. Now, I know a lot of women have trust issues when it comes to other women or just trusting people with their truth. So how can we get over that? Because I know for the longest time I had an issue with that until I found my core posse, as you said, that I know I can be myself with and not no judgment whatsoever. I'm going to give you an idea. It's about trusting your feelings. And if you go and you turn on a station that is like really fearful and negative, like the, the news today. <laughs> um, you don't feel good, do you? You don't feel like it's solid. And then let's say you go over to the nature channel and you're, you're watching otters play in, in, in the water. You know what I'm saying? It's something that makes you feel good. You, you feel at home. There's a feeling of being at home when you're with your right people. There's a nervousness around it not feeling settled when you're with the wrong people. And, and it doesn't mean you can't have any kind of relationship with them. You're just not going to share all your vulnerability. You're, you're going to be kind, respectful, all those good things you like about yourself and you want to be in the world but yeah they have to earn it you have to know and, and maybe you offer up a little tidbit and that's their little testing the water moment I've had that with other women and it's so reassuring when they when they take it in the right direction and you're like hey I've got something beautiful happening here here's another you know beautiful part of my posse and um it, it takes time because you have to be, this is a big point here. You have to be the person you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So my advice to you is to write down all the qualities you want in this type of friendship and ask yourself then, if you look at that list, am I all these things for my friends, for me? Am I honest? Am I forgiving? Am I kind? Am I non-judgmental? Whatever they are for you. And, and listen, we all have things we have to work on. So this is the time to be honest and say, I'm going to get what I give out. So what am I giving out? What am I saying? Again, back to core values too. But um, that's a great way to do it. Trust your feelings. Trust uh, that you, if you feel the need to protect, some of that is knowing, okay, that's a paradigm in me. I've had to do that in the past to feel mm -hmm. safe. But then there's the, okay, I'm opening up now. I'm, and don't go big, go small. If you find that one special friend, you're already on a great pathway. Anything beyond that, yeah, we have to earn it with each other. And and um, I like to bring in God on this one and ask for beautiful friendships. Ask for the make that list of what the qualities are, just as you would um, when you want the love of your life. You put down those qualities and say, "This is my list." You know, I've got to be these things, but I'm I'm looking for these things as well. Wow, I love that. So basically, let's talk about your book. You said an upcoming book. So last time we talked about it, you weren't quite there yet. Are you almost? Oh ready my to gosh! Um, yes, I'm on the last like 30 pages of editing. And we when did we talk about a month or so ago? And so yeah. I'm going to feel mm -hmm. good about that. <laughs> 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 I've talked to other writers, and I did not realize you know you know especially as a first time author of a book, you, you think it's just a cakewalk and. Um, and it is like um, 
the dark night of the soul sometimes with, <laughs> with doubting yourself and is this right? You want to, you know, I could be editing this book for the rest of my life, but I am going to let it go. I'm going to put it out there as my new baby. And, um, and I'm glad I can say, you know, that idea of a, you know, right or wrong. I, I did it. I put that on my list to do it and I did it. Um, but it is a book that's close to my heart. I do share, um, what I've gone through and, and what built this, this whole life coach journey for me was coming out of breast cancer and divorce saying, wow, I'm living my life on a whole new platform because I realized the old platform was just a do loop of despair, low self-esteem and very little hope for my future, very low expectations for my future. And I, I would only wish and hope for more. I would have wonderful daydreams of somebody swooping in. Nothing awful would happen to my husband, but it would just be like something magical happened where it just went away and this new person came in or I had a much better job. I got to travel the world. I had dreams all the time, but they were like waiting for something to come and rescue me. I never took a step towards them until after all this stuff shook me up and said, wow, this is your life. You only get one chance to be Susan DiLorenzo and you've got to give her the ride of your life. Nobody else is going to do that. Wow. I love that. And the taking the bull by the horns and just sitting down and writing it. Now, how long did it take you to write it? I started about a year ago and it started with the, um, my blogs and my radio show episodes from Transformation Talk Radio, because what I was using was the background of my own life and my work as a life coach to bring people through adversity. My tagline on my show was from adversity to awesome. And that's what the journey can look like. It doesn't mean it's not like this, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that funny um, meme where you have an idea of what somebody's success looks like and it's a straight arrow climbing a mountain mm -hmm. and then what my success looks like and it's this big scribble with a woman coming out like help <laughs> <laughs> um and they're both gonna get you there uh that's the good news so yeah guess what change is messy sometimes it can be messy but if you're in it for the awareness if you're in it to learn what are your paradigms what's holding you back what are the habits that keep you doing the same thing the thinking that keeps you doing the same thing the low expectations for your life you're going to be able to notice that you're going to say whoa you're going to catch yourself i think one of the best ways we can catch ourselves is in self-talk would you say what you're saying to a friend would you say that to your you know what am i saying to myself would i say that to a friend would i say that to my child probably not if you're being hard on yourself so we want to flip that on its head and say, cancel that and replace it with something that's going to build you up, something you would say to your friend if you heard them talking like that. And we may need to get help. You know, I, I'm a life coach. I deal with this stuff on what are those habits? What are those paradigms? What has to go so that I can move forward? If it's deeper trauma, deeper hurt, we've got to see a therapist. We've got to see somebody who's going to do that initial healing and then take those steps. Yeah, because honestly, we are our own worst critics. I mean, we're the hardest on ourselves, than we are hard on anybody else. We're hard on ourselves. I know I can look in the mirror and instead of seeing all the, the great things about me, all you see is your flaws. Like, oh, I put on a little bit of weight, you know, all of this or that, you know, oh, I got a blemish here. You I know, know, don't see any of the other stuff, just see all the flaws. So how can we stop from doing that? 
I don't know about you, but I had a mom who did that too. A lot of us were, had women modeling their disappointment in themselves around their body, around what was happening in their life. And we're like, oh, I got to, I, mean, I told you, I was put on diets at age 12. I thought, you know, and then I buy all these fashion magazines with these beautiful, flawless, retouched faces. And, and, and no wonder we're like so hard on ourselves. That is fairy tale stuff. That is mm -hmm. like uh, artificial intelligence people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a robot girl. So um, that's where we have to be clear is that's not the role model. That is something that's fed to us through media, through conditioning. That's not real. Your girlfriend is real. The beauty of how she cares for her, her friends, her children, her laugh, her twinkly eyes, you know, the way she pops her hair up really quick just to get out the door and still mm -hmm. looks amazing because mm -hmm. she's adorable and you love her. Yeah, I mean, I have one friend that I think she could wear a paper bag and still look amazing. I mean... <laughs> And yeah. you just look at yourself and go, wow, don't you just hate that though? Because then you start comparing yourself to your friends as well. So how do you stop that? Yes. So you look in the mirror and you find something really, I, you can say, I love your smile. I love your eyes. Um, you know, I, I think there is something and it's a practice with the mirror to get to the point where it doesn't feel authentic at first. It doesn't when you, if I were to look in the mirror and say, this is years ago, I love you, Susan, I would have been like, yeah, thanks, thanks anyway, right? I can do it now, but it took years. And the one day I did it, I had tears in my eyes because I knew I really meant it. That was the most magnificent moment. But it takes the practice when you're not feeling it to make yourself do it anyway with the goal. And you know who's wonderful about this, Melissa, and I bet you already know this, is Louise Hay. All those wonderful affirmations, Louise Hay, who started at age 60 before she even built this amazing Hay House book publishing, Hay House Radio. She died at 92, so she had 32 years of awesomeness. She was already healing herself up until age 60 and then wanted to share what she did with the world using positive affirmations. Like one of her favorites is, life loves me. <laughs> I love that. I actually you know? have used one of her quotes. I can't remember what episode, but I've actually used one of her quotes for one of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant lady who showed you that it is what you think that makes your health, that makes your life. What you're seeing, you're looking at a reflection of yesterday's thoughts. And the good news is we make new tomorrows by changing our thinking and our beliefs about ourselves. There's a great line, you can't change, um, you can never match your self-esteem. Your life will, will always just be at the level of your self-esteem. You can't um, change life without changing your self-esteem. So once we boost our self-esteem, your life is going to reflect that. And, and that's, your, that's your barometer. You're going to see how you're doing with yourself. You're not going to be perfect. It's going to be a more often than not game. And you're going to catch yourself going, oh, I'm being hard on myself again. Okay, cut it out. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and what would I say to my friend? Because that's me. I got to be my friend first before anybody else. Yeah, I love that. Plus, two, we have to give ourselves some grace, even when we're having rough days. Like, you know, it's a rough day. I'm just going to give grace and then go from there. 
I love that. And you know what's a nice little special thing, especially if you're alone, you don't have a partner, you're feeling lonely. When you go to bed, let's say you're laying on your side or, or on your back, hug yourself and say, I love you. Sleep well. Whatever you need. There's just some a moment of connecting with yourself and giving yourself that hug or that pat on the shoulder. There's some self-comforting and encouragement we can do that changes the whole vibration of our body, the, the energetic field of our body, by how kind and, um, as you say, graceful we are with ourselves. So let's talk about what women can do for self-care. Because honestly, there's women, it seems like, and I'm not trying to diminish the men in, in the world, but women seem to take on the responsibility, especially if they're married, of, of the house and the dinner. And now there's some males that actually are awesome and does it and the husbands that are awesome. So I'm not trying to diminish that. Once again, I'm saying that it, but you know, because we're, we feel like we have to do everything. We have to be right. the perfect, right? We have to be the perfect mom. We have to be the perfect daughter. We have to be the perfect worker. We have to be the perfect co-host or host, or, you know, we have to be perfect in whatever we do. Oh, no pressure. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I had this wonderful card somebody sent me after cancer. It was a dog in the circus. You know, those sticks with plates on them and he's spinning them on his foot, mm -hmm. on his head. You know, they're all spinning. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yep. <laughs> and what if we put those plates down for a bit and had some fun, you know? And, and the thing is, we think it's always up to us. And then what happens? We don't ask for help. We think we have to do it all. We're not enlisting the people in our family because it's a pattern. And sometimes it was a model for us. And, you know, if you come from a certain family and the woman was the one um, who, you know, did all the home care, the child care. But what was added in the last 50 years? Going to work, too. And yet we didn't lose the other part. We're, we are more and more men, I think, especially the younger younger generations who watched their mothers struggle and, and, and saw, wow, I'm not going to do that. You know, there's a more um, even um, sharing of responsibility. But if we don't say anything, it keeps happening. It keeps happening. So we want to ask for help. We've got to be clear about what it is the help is that we want. And the other thing we have to do is take the time for ourselves. I don't care if it means getting up 10 minutes earlier in the morning. If you can sit there uh, with a little journal, maybe you write five things you're grateful for. You've got your favorite warm beverage. You watch the sun come up. You breathe quietly. You're settling into being you before the world gets going on you. That's precious time. The other thing you want to do with a calendar, make some time for fun. You want to see regular fun on your calendar. Now, it's going to look differently these days, but listen, COVID is not going to last forever. Mm. It's just not. It may feel that way right now, but that's not what's going to happen here. And we do have options. Even the Zoom girlfriend things that I've been doing to have time mm. with my girlfriends, um, it's even gotten me closer with people around the world that I've lost touch with because I'm like, hey, why was I not doing this earlier? But put fun on your calendar whether it's having coffee with someone, going for a walk with someone, you want things to look forward to, even if it's only alone with you. Mm. Have a moment for yourself. If we just keep waiting for, you know, like I was saying, wishing and hoping for something to take us away. I don't know about you, if you remember this, but that wonderful ad 
of what was it? Calgon take me away. Mm -hmm. And it was this thing, a box of suds you put in your bathtub. And then the woman would dream about being on a, on a, a tropical Island while she was sitting in her bathtub. And we can feel that way sometimes where you're like, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. But the point is you don't want to, all right, when you notice you're at that point, first of all, take a breath. <laughs> and maybe you have to exit somewhere and, and do some beautiful um, self-regulating, whether it's listening to the sound of a waterfall on a recording. Just if you need to take yourself out of the picture for a minute, see what you can do about that. Maybe you have to have a friend come over, sit with the kids for a little bit, go for a walk around the block. But there are little things we can do to rescue ourselves. In the meantime, what we're working towards is regulating it so that we have things to look forward to. We're giving ourselves our own time. And I want to say, write a vision for your life. I'm a life coach, and I know what it means to know what you would love for your life. And not just settle. You can live your life by default or design. Most of us live on default. We live the same year over and over again with a few different vacations, a few different events planned, but it doesn't feel too much different than the year before. What if it could be different for you? What would that look like for you? If you wrote down a vision, what would my life look like three years from now if I went for my dream? And you write it in the present tense and you say, wow, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have my own business where I'm serving the people of my heart. And you, and you go on and you, where are you living? What kind of an income do you have? Where, where are you taking your family? What do you love to do? You at least owe it to yourself to know what you would love in your life. And then don't deny it. It's, it's If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> We're all going to say that. People, have, people who have gone for it know it's just a construct of the mind that keeps you from going for it. You will have plenty of what sound like great excuses, but they're only true if you agree to them. Mm. Wow, I love that. Great excuses, but only true if you believe in them. I actually was reading, I actually interviewed somebody that said to write down your calendar, your self-care time. And I never even thought about that. Yes. Because, but then I think, again, there are some women that are like, oh, it's just one more thing that has to go on my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client who said that. I said, why don't we just call it relaxation time so you don't look at it like a big part of your to-do list. But the idea of scheduling it is important because if, if you don't take it, somebody else is going to take it from you. Mm -hmm. So just look at that. However you want to call it, me time. Um, you don't have to t put in there something elaborate. I will meditate for 20 minutes, you know, whatever it is. It's your time and don't let anyone steal it. It's like if you had a dentist appointment, you'd probably keep the dentist appointment, wouldn't you? You have to put it on the same level of importance because it is. I just, and then another thing that the person said was, even if you're like one an hour of relaxation time, but you can't squeeze it in, schedule yourself 10, 15 minutes at a time. And then you'll end up by the end of the day, have that hour, the little snippets. And I've never even thought about doing something in small increments because all you think is, oh, I'm going to have, like maybe I'm going to go take a 20 minute nap. No, that doesn't happen in my house. But yeah, <laughs> but I love that idea of increments because it's almost like you're doling out candy. You know, mm -hmm. I'll have a little piece right now. I'll have a little piece later. <laughs> so that is one way to do it. Um, you'll get better at doing it the more you practice it. That's the thing I would tell your listeners, too, is, you know, you make the decision first. You're going to be wonky at first. You're going to let things take it away. But you, like the dentist appointment, you keep putting it back on the calendar. 
and and you make it as important. I know if nothing else, sometimes I would not um, let my hair go too long without a haircut. I mean, those are the kind of things you say, well, nobody's getting between me and this haircut, right? Or mm -hmm. me and this. Yeah. So you'll find something you'll equate it to and you'll see the reward on the other side. You'll notice how you'll feel and you'll want more of it. Well, and the funny that you would say haircut because that's one of my favorite things of self-care is I love someone else washing my hair. So oh, I, make, yeah. I make a point of having if two times in six weeks going twice, one to get you know the color, everything done, and the other one just to get a cut because my hair is so thick. But just the power of else, just washing your hair and you don't have to worry about it. No. It just feels it's so relaxing. No, it's like they could do it for 10 minutes and I just like my eyes would start to roll in the back of my head, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> I know, but a lot of women are feel guilty about taking even a little bit of yeah. time. For themselves. And you want to notice that. Notice that because nobody else is feeling guilty about taking time away from you, are they? And, and you want to notice that because that's what you want to see along that positive posse. Do you have just a, are you in a pleaser situation where you're the giver all the time and they're the taker and they're certainly grateful to you, but are they offering it back at you? And maybe you have a balance there where somebody else is doing it, but you want to notice that. And that is where you're honoring yourself. That is where you're seeing your value. And um, appraise that, appraise that because you can change it. You don't have to have a big breakup conversation with people like that. You just make less time for them. You come up with real excuses saying, no, I need that time for me. Sorry. I'd love to help you out. Don't have to be ugly about it. And then you start to pull yourself together. Like we were talking about earlier, that positive posse that you give to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's, I know, that's one thing I struggle with because I'm an Enneagram too. If you know anything about the twos, they're givers and they like, you know, always give, give, give. And then they just deplete themselves. So, and you feel hard. guilty if you say no, right? Yeah. You yep. feel absolutely like you're the worst person on earth. If you have to say no to this person and you try to find a way I could reschedule this and maybe I can do that for you. Don't do it. <laughs> They'll find someone. They will find someone and you will feel better in the long run when you honor yourself and put yourself first. It is like that funny um, phrase, you cannot pour from an empty cup. That's the one. And then the other one is that old um, airline thing where you have to put your mask on first and the plane's going down so you can help somebody else. But a lot of times women don't think that. The women think that they have to do be everything for everybody except for themselves. So I've got a phrase for you all. The captain is turning the ship around. Do you hear me? The captain is turning the ship around. <laughs> and here's the thing. I love this analogy because on the open sea, it takes seven miles for an ocean liner to turn around. It doesn't happen right away, but what has to happen first? The intention, I'm turning around. And so do what you have to do, but keep that intention. This is me. This is my one life. I'm going to make it the best life I can make. And it has to happen with intention. It doesn't happen on default. You get what you get on default. Hmm. I love that. So is there anything else you want to share with us? Don't wait. Don't wait for times to be perfect. That is an illusion. 
There's never a more perfect time. You don't even have to wait till tomorrow morning. What if you started right now and said, I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to listen to this music. I'm going to dance in the room to my favorite whatever that gets me rocking in the room like nobody's watching because they're not. They're not, unless you have Alexa in the room. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't wait. There's no reason to wait. You're going to come up with plenty of reasons to wait, but I'm telling you, as somebody who survived a life-threatening illness, and, and you just never know. You don't know what, what tomorrow brings, so don't wait. Have a good life right now and start with you. That's the only way it, it's your life. Wow. And so how has, you just brought up your life-threatening illness, cancer again. How did that change the way you looked at your life? I got a sense of urgency and how precious it was and how precious it was that I was placed here on the earth to be somebody. doesn't mean I had to be a world savior or anything like that, but that I came here to experience life in all its glory, not in all its drudgery. Okay, yeah, we have to do things. We have to clean the toilet and things like that. Okay, but really the big picture is I came here to live and live abundantly. And what would that look like for me? And that's for having a vision. Create the vision. If you don't, like I said, you're on default otherwise. So you get to consciously create or unconsciously create. But either way, your thoughts are creating your world. So start there. What do you want to see? Wow, you have left us with a lot of truth bombs. Now tell people where they can find you at. Well, if you want to reach out to me easily, it's just Susan at SusanDiLorenzo.com. I'd love to hear from you. I also want to mention, because I don't know if I did last time, that I do offer 45 minutes free. It's called a Launchpad Session. If it's something where you just want to see what it's like to work with a life coach and what is working for you, what may not be working for you, it's a great 45 minutes. You won't regret that. I have a website, SusanDiLorenzo.com. You'll see a lot of blogs on there. You'll see other podcasts. You'll see your podcast that you and I did uh, last time. And then my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash dream coach Susan. There's a lot of nice five minute videos there with some quick coaching um, tidbits, I'll call them. So, so when, thank you. Yeah. So when is your book going to be published? End of the year. By the end of the year, because I'm getting it to the publisher, I would say by late May. I've got some readers reading it. Thank God. Because you know how you need a you need the outsider and uh, and then I'll have the editor at the publisher helping me too. Uh, so that is my best guess. If it comes any sooner, can I let you know? Because I'd love for it to be sooner than that. But yeah. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely come back on and talk about your book because I would love oh, to read yeah. a copy of it to talk oh, about yeah. it. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like fireworks are going to go off over my house when that day <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. I love being with you. I love your show. And uh, it's just always a delight to speak with you. All right. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming on. And guys, I really hope that you got some value out of this particular um, session of Chats in the Blog Cabin. And we will see you on the next chat from the Blog Cabin. Bye. Wow, I really love chatting with um, Susan. There was something she said during our course of our conversation that I took a note of as she, as we were having our conversation. I kind of put in what 
time number was so I could go back and listen to it. But this really, I think this is really sums up the whole conversation that we had. And I really wanted to reiterate it with you guys. And she said, and I quote, at the end of the day, when you lay your head on your pillow, how did you live it for yourself? Basically, at the end of the day, when you put your head on your pillow, are you going to live with regrets? Are you going to live with the regret that I didn't do something for fear of being judged? Am I going to live with the regret that I really wanted to do something, but someone else told me I couldn't do it? Are you going to live with the regret that you didn't tell someone you loved them? Are you going to live with the regret that it may be your loved one's last day on earth? But at the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow, don't live with regrets. That said, I want to thank you so much for being part of the podcast family. If you would, please like, leave a review or a rating wherever you listen to. And if you're on YouTube, click the subscribe, give me a thumbs up. And as always, remember... Be blessed, live with no regrets, and most importantly, keep chatting.